Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely their fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Try the Superlight Tree Runner with a cushy foam midsole and breathable eucalyptus fiber upper. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. So, what can you do in a Superlight shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. Ditch the clowns on the left and the jokers on the right and join Michael Smirconish right here in the middle. This is the Smirconish podcast for independent minds. His uh, name is uh, Smirconish. The Michael Smirconish program. Sirius XM's POTUS, channel 124. TC, what else? Okay, so I want to talk about what I now know is your very favorite subject. Tell me. And I didn't know until yesterday. And now I really think I have a, a deeper understanding. I listened to the Stern Show Summer School, mm-hmm. which was live mm-hmm. at 1 p.m. yesterday on uh, Howard 101 here on Sirius XM. Hey, now. Okay, that's where I would like to start. So first of all, would you like great to fun. explain what you did yesterday? Yeah. And, and then I have some questions. So- You'll remember maybe that months ago I said that I was contacted by the Stern Show, which is very near and dear to my heart. And I was asked if I would appear on the wrap up show. And I immediately said yes. Uh, I think I had a pretty pithy response when I first got the invitation. And then I heard nothing. And the wrap up show is every day after the show. After a live Howard broadcast, okay. you get the wrap up show, and it's kind of a play by. Think of a post mortem on a sport contest. I love it. Where after the football game, like, you know, you get people sitting around talking about, you know, jawbowing as to what just happened. And they have intense and um, deep knowledge of the. Oh, yeah. Well, one of the things, one of the things that I said to Gary Delabate. Baba Booey, uh, via email was, I said, you know, I don't want to let you guys down. This is when they asked me to do the wrap-up wrap show. Up. I said, I'm getting off the air when Howard's getting off the air. I'm, I'm usually listening to each day's Howard Stern program on a replay, and I know that I need to be knowledgeable about that day's show. And maybe you, that's the reason why I didn't hear anything from them thereafter. You might... You might have to take a day off. I'm just right, saying. I have to take a now day I off. understand. Right, I have to take a day off to listen to Howard <laughs> exactly. so that I can appear on the wrap-up show. Exactly. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so uh, then out of the blue, they said, hey, you know, the wrap-up show in the summer is their summer school version. That's right. So Stern Show Summer School. That's what you were on and, yesterday. And there's not a show to recap. You just have to be a super fan. I am one. So come on and have fun. Don't worry about it. And yesterday was the day. And... It was great fun for me, and it was just a – it was 
I was very reflective thinking about appearing on that program and then after appearing on that program just made me realize how much a part of my life for as long as I've been on air, the same three decades that I've been on air in one form or another, I've been devoted to Howard. And I I tried to express that yesterday. And No, 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 you you did. That's, well, the, the what, one, I, the, that's what came through only, very clear to me. The only thing that was in my head that I wanted to make sure I said, and I think I said it, but not as clearly as I would have liked, is that but for Howard, I don't believe I'd be at Sirius XM. That Howard was the guy who established a beachhead. He left terrestrial radio because of the issues that he was having. And I left later, you know, than Howard, obviously. I left terrestrial radio because of the issues I was having. And he created, how about this? Damn it, this is what I should have said yesterday. Howard created a safe space for me at Sirius XM. I don't do a program like Howard, but in my own world, I needed some of the same freedom. In my case, I needed freedom from ideological constraint. You know, in Howard's case, he needed freedom from from the FCC, among other things. So I would like that word to get back to Howard. And that was something that I hope comes out of yesterday's show. Uh, in my mind, there's no question. There's just no question that that came out. I was I. I didn't realize when you say it sort of mirrored the 30 years. That's what I took away from yesterday's show, that this is not something you just sort of halfway listen to. You are involved. So first of all, this is... Well, TC, may I interrupt and say one other thing? So if you think about things I wish I knew before I started talking, which, you know, my Hulu special, On Air Right Now, which traces my own talk radio career, my own political career, that, that very measurement... Go back those 30 years when I was getting started as a guest and then a guest host and then a host of my own Sunday night program, Saturday morning program, et cetera, et cetera. What was I listening to? I was, I, listening, I know. To, I was listening to Howard. Now I get that. Yeah. It's, but I'll, All also, throughout. By the way, kudos to Howard Stern's guys, that the, the, the hosts of the program yesterday, because they- Gary. Are, John Hine and Rasan. Yeah, the, you three gentlemen are really good at cross promotion, and I always <laughs> no, but I Michael, I always say that about you when people say, "Hey, is it okay if I mention my book? Hey, is it okay if I do that?" And I'm like, "Oh, don't worry, Michael's got it covered. He'll ask you about everything. He knows he knows how to do that. Those guys know how to do that in a sure. very smooth way. They they get it." They are really good broadcasters. I was it. impressed by their Ow. formatics. Oh, for, yes. Absolutely. I would sound stupid, but it was like, I, I was really like, They're professionals. Okay. Right. Right. Yeah, it's the real deal. Right. And, I and always, for me, it's the gold standard. Right. Okay. So here, here are my, my questions that I was thinking about. I have heard you say, hey now, and bye for now, hey now. a thousand times. No, no, hey more than that. A million times right. in the years that I've worked with you. Where does that even come from? So where does hey now come I, from? I would I would be willing to wager that many casual Howard Stern fans who say hey now don't know the origin. I know the origin. I because, say hey now because of you, right? Well, I I know the origin because like Howard and everybody associated with Howard, I loved the Larry Sanders show, starring Gary Shandling, starring uh, Jeffrey Tambor. Hank, uh, the sidekick, who is the person who would say, hey, now, 
And and Artie, oh shit, who played Artie? My God, I have him right in my head. Who played Artie? Oh, I'm so embarrassed. Uh, on the Larry Sand. Oh, as soon as you say it, I'm going to say, of course. Anyway, Hank Kingsley was the sidekick to Gary Shandling uh, in the Larry Sanders show, and he would always. He was sort of the Ed Rip Mc- Torn. Oh, Rip Torn. And now I'm embarrassed. Um, he would always say, hey, now, in the show. And it just was adopted by Stern fans as the sort of inside handshake when you greet another Stern person. If I, if I should ever meet Howard, I've never met Howard. If I should ever meet Howard, what would I say to Howard? The only thing I would have to say to him is, hey, now. So that's the and greeting. And you would get it, and you would get that it. Is and that, the secret, yeah. that is the secret password for Stern fans. Okay. Now my next question. What exactly went on in Rittenhouse Square in the either late 80s, right early 90s? I'm not exactly sure when. What, <laughs> it was, what are I'm, you talking about? I'm pretty sure it was 1990. And I think the guys yesterday, I think the guys yesterday were, were pretty impressed because this really establishes my bona fides as a long time Howard listener in 19. Do you have, and, do you have audio? Ca- do you have any of the audio? Cause I'd rather, I'd rather play it from the show than I did. Than, I pulled the audio of the Rittenhouse encounter because I was so impressed by this storytelling and was like, I need to have him explain what's well, happened let's, here. Let's roll tape. Howard's from New York. He's been all over the place. He's world famous. But when you look at where the biggest fan base is, it's absolutely Philadelphia. So how did you come about the Howard Stern show and how long have you been listening for? I've been listening forever. I think it was late 80s. Maybe it was 1990 when he dethroned the zookeeper. Truth be told, I've spent my whole life in a 50 mile radius. So Philadelphia and the surrounding suburbs are all that I know. And like everybody else of my generation, I grew up listening to YSP and MMR. And was a was a big fan of of the zookeeper. It was all that we knew, John DeBella and company. And all of a sudden, here came Howard Stern. I was dubious when he first came into town that this was going to go anywhere because we tend to be very parochial. I mean, we're a city that tends not to leave, tends to reward the the home team, even if we're booing you at the same time. <laughs> and you know, this guy I thought initially was some kind of an interloper and that it would never fly. Fast forward a couple of years, because I don't know, I don't remember how long it took him to get to the top. But on that day, when Howard brought the whole crew to Rittenhouse Square, I was there. And not only was I there, but there was a a hotel that had just been built on Rittenhouse Square, which is our equivalent of Washington Square or Central Park. It's a very nice area in Center City, Philadelphia. And I was living just off the square at the time, there's a hotel called the Rittenhouse. And it occurred to me that this quote unquote funeral was going to take place right in Rittenhouse Square and that the Rittenhouse had a restaurant that was right there, like a super box. They weren't open for breakfast. And so devoted was I to this cause at that stage that I went in and cut a deal where they opened the restaurant for a group of about a dozen. My brother was there and about a dozen of our friends and we had essentially a super box to watch it all happen, <laughs> that which was outside. And what we didn't know is that inside and behind us 
was going to be the sort of in-studio type of work that corresponded with the funeral. And the pass-through to go from outside to inside was to come through the restaurant. And I will never forget Jessica Hahn stopping by our breakfast table, like 12 Stern fan guys, totally into it. And here comes Jessica Hahn, and she hangs out with us and has a cup of coffee. I mean, it was unfucking believable We loved it. And I've been listening ever since. I mean, I'm, I'm like a Ted the Janitor guy. Does that sum it up? <laughs> wow. That's amazing. First of all, that's such a great summary of that day. And I remember we tried to make that day really philly centric so we had like joe frazier and danny (laughs) bonaducci like we brought all these philly people in but i mean i remember that day so vividly because people were like hanging out of windows people were up in trees and philadelphia was the first market that we went into where we really you went to number one and we've had funerals in la we've had funerals in cleveland but i will tell you when we walked on the stage that day we were shocked at what we saw we had no idea that the, that the people like you were so fervent and so so loyal immediately, and it was uh, it was one of the craziest days we've ever had. There you go. Yeah. All right. Now, now all your questions about Rittenhouse Square ha- should be answered. <laughs> no, I still don't understand. So they they okay. So they would come into a city when Howard dominated the ratings. Yes, when Howard hold, won. When Howard won, the and ratings. have a, and have a funeral for whomever he dethroned. Oh my and in god! Phil- and in Philadelphia, he dethroned John DeBella. Now, well, of I'll course, you, I know. I'll tell you some some funny things. When I was in law school, I had this studio apartment. What was it? I think it was 135 South 19th Street. I, I, maybe I'm wrong. I lived in the Wellington with my friend, Jonathan Newman. And the WMMR morning show was broadcast from that building on Rittenhouse Square. And we all listened to DeBella. By the way, as I made clear yesterday on Howard Stern Summer School, DeBella is still on air in Philly, and he's doing just fine. Right. Just fine. Right, I had right, a conversation right. with Don Baldini about him recently, and, and he was saying to me, Jesus, DeBella, still yeah. still, Forever. still thriving. Yeah. But Howard dethroned him and came to Rittenhouse Square for the funeral. <laughs> and I was, so now living, I was now living adjacent to the square. My brother and I were in the real estate business together. Today, there is a very fancy restaurant at the Rittenhouse, I think called La Croix. I I hope they survived the pandemic. But whatever it was then. It wasn't wasn't, that then. No. Oh, no, no, no. And it wasn't open for breakfast. Ah. So either my brother or I or the two of us had an idea that we would go to the Rittenhouse and cut a deal and get them to open up the restaurant for a table of 12 guys. I, I don't remember. It's funny. Yesterday, I spoke to another friend of my brother's, John Gregitis, friend of mine as well. And I think Johnny G may have been one right. of the well, 12 that, guys. Okay, that was the question. I, Who I else was I, there? I didn't ask. I should have asked him, like, John, were you there? So just imagine 12 super fans for Howard looking out those enormous glass windows at this mob scene 
in Rittenhouse Square, we had no idea the Stern show would actually be broadcasting from the Rittenhouse, from the ballroom. That was going on behind us. We never got access. Sure. But the pass-through from the outside to the inside, there was like a staircase that came through a fire escape, maybe, the restaurant. And Jessica Hahn, for those who don't remember, Jessica Hahn had the relationship with Jim Baker. Wasn't she the secretary or something? uh, She became, I I mean, I want to be fair to her. Did she become a porn star or do I just put her in that category? I don't know. She She was wonderful. She definitely had a porn star body. Yeah, she was was stunning. Incredible. And hung out with us. And and we were all, you know, we were all suited up, meaning like we were all guys who had jobs and we're we're in coat and tie. And Jessica Hahn came by our table. Wearing what? Wearing virtually nothing. (laughs) And whatever she was wearing was leather. And and we just had the time of our lives. Come on. So it felt so good to be able to tell Gary. The story uh, from my perspective, you know, here he has me on the radio, theoretically, to talk politics. I don't even know why they had me on the radio, but I was They had you on the radio because you're a super fan. But I was eager to share with them, hey, guys, I go way back. I mean, Ted the Janitor, my Ted the Janitor reference. No, 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 time out, time out. Yeah. Who was Ted the Janitor? When when the Stern Show was still at K-Rock and they were broadcasting... I, they used to broadcast from around the corner from FAO Schwartz, as I remember. But but people, you know, the beauty of Howard is that the orbit of Howard becomes the show. And the show is really about normal lives of people who are just one degree of separation from Howard. And this was another way of me just trying to establish a little bit of cred was was to say, look, I'm I'm a Ted the janitor guy because way back oh there was a janitor in their building and he was named Ted and he he loved Robin. He loved Robin and he was a recurring character on the Stern show and he would come on. And like Ted would would clean the building in the overnight and Howard and company would show up in the morning. And they'd put him on the air and he would just talk about his love for Robin. And it was some of the greatest radio. It probably doesn't look pretty through a lens of 2021. Oh, oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> Shocking. <laughs> but it was it was really, really great stuff. Here's the way I'd like to sum it up, TC. Uh, Howard has provided me moments for many, many years that I would like to think that I've provided to some people on a smaller scale during the course of my radio career. And here's what I here's what I was thinking of after that broadcast ended yesterday. I was thinking about Jack from, I think, Wilmington, Delaware. There is a guy who calls this program you know, annually. Okay. I think his name is Jack Turner. And if it's not Jack Turner, then maybe I went to school with somebody named Jack Turner. And Jack Turner has called, Jack has called this program just sporadically. And whenever he does, he says to me, I go all the way back with you to WWDB. Well, WWDB is where is where I began in the late 80s, you know, as a guest. And I know that I've given Jack uh, some some good listening over the years. I think of Bonnie Glushen. Bonnie. You know, I, I, I went out to L.A. By now, it's probably been five or six years ago. First time that I really was in a, a theater. It was a small theater, the Paley Center, where people could come. They had to pay, I don't know, 20 bucks, 25 bucks to hear me speak. And and that's where I met Bonnie. And like I know Bonnie, you know when I when I went back to L.A. to do Bill Maher, the last time I was on Maher, when you do Maher, you get a plus one. Bonnie was my plus one. 
Um, I think of Steve Young, who's a lawyer in L.A. I, I don't know how he tracked me down, but he's a listener, and he tracked me down, and we hung out in L.A. I remember having dinner with my dad and Steve. I, Steve came over for, for a cocktail. I was landing in Chicago, speaking in Chicago um, <clears throat> two years ago, maybe, and someone uh, emailed or texted me knowing that I'm a cigar smoker. Hey, I know you're in town to give a speech. Uh, meet me at this cigar bar if you want to have a good cigar. The guy's name is David Friend, and he's become a friend of mine. And it's kind of funny because I have another friend named David Friendly, and I am forever sending them the wrong. The, you think about the auctioning of the book club when I was raising money for the Children's Crisis Treatment Center. And, you know, here's Lydia in Dallas. A friend, you were with me. We went to her house for dinner. A wonderful night to to meet Lydia and her husband and the whole crew. Lydia and Bill are my two of my favorite people in the world. This is this is this list is really strong. Uh, well, I shouldn't be doing this because I'm going to forget too many. But um, now now I'm uh, thinking that just last week in this studio. Sarah Sweet was in town. Sarah Sweet invited me to come with her to a luncheon marking a milestone pertaining to the Oklahoma City bombing in which she lost her father. She's a wonderful woman. And and I, I went out there, did a live broadcast from Oklahoma City because Sarah invited me. Sarah was here last week because she's on a college tour with her daughter. I'm just hoping and her daughter goes to college when, around here. And when so we, we found out she was going to be in yeah. Philadelphia, we're like, come on over. Yeah. Um, Jeff in Minnesota bought those mic Jeff. flags. Uh, thank you, Jeff, for that. And then, you know, like Eric X. Poor Eric X is is a guy that we met recently who now can't cut loose his private chef because I've made an issue of it. You mean Chef X? You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah, Chef X has a job because of Michael X. Chef X. Chef X is still gainfully employed, Michael. I just want you to this know. This is what I'm trying to say. That I and I hope I'm not being presumptuous, but I have gotten to know. Those listeners that I just identified, and a hell of a lot more. I've met some really good people through this program. And I know that I've given them some good listening over the years. Maybe not, you know, consistently, because it's 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 like the MLB. Batting 300, I think, in this business is pretty damn good. But Howard has done that for me. And that's what I had the opportunity to express yesterday. And you know I love... Uh, anytime that Dan works into my own program, the drops from when I've been referenced on Howard's program, nothing gives me more satisfaction. And now, and now you understand why. Michael Shmirkanish. Who never changed his name for radio, and you got to admire that. Mr. Shmirkanish. 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 Smirconish. This is the Michael Smirconish program. Sirius XM's POTUS, channel 124. Hear more of Michael Smirconish on Sirius XM's POTUS, channel 124. Live weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon east or anytime on the SXM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com. Michael Smirconish for independent minds. Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Super Light Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely their fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. 
Try the Super Light Tree Runner with a cushy foam midsole and breathable eucalyptus fiber upper. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. So what can you do in a super light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com. Code SUPER24. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee.